Hello, everyone. How you doing? This is David opposing the Matrix. I'm doing a solo show tonight um, on the COVID-19. I want to look into some stuff that just doesn't quite add up. Um, there's just some fishy stuff going on with this COVID-19, and I, <clears throat> frankly, I was probably as um, in the dark as you are, but maybe together we can work it out. Okay, maybe we can figure out what's going on in all actuality with this thing. Um, I, uh, well, I, I, let me just start out by saying that um, I, I do believe that my wife and I had COVID back in January. The only way to know that would be to get tested to see if we have the antibodies. And uh, I really don't feel like walking into my my uh, HMO and telling them that and uh, getting put on all different kinds of lists and everything, too. Although I'll be honest with you, I'd, I'd like to help people out if I do have the antibodies, but um, at the same time, that might put me on a list of uh, a not-so-favorable citizen, if you know what I mean. Um, so anyway, uh, here's a story. Um, we were coming back from Florida, uh, I think it was the 13th of January. We had departed on the 6th, and we're coming back on the 13th. And um, on our way back, we uh, had to connect uh, through Chicago O'Hare. And then fly to uh, uh, Eugene, Oregon. Uh, that they had a flight going from one from Chicago to Eugene was amazing in itself. But hey, they did, so we took it. And um, hold on a sec. <clears throat> anyway, um, so we arrived at O'Hare Airport, and <laughs> as is always the case, they always park you in one concourse, and you have to walk over two or three more to get your connecting flight. Um, seems to be a, a thing that the airlines like to do, but, um, anyway, so we, we hoofed it on over. I think we landed at A and we had to leave from C. So we hoofed it on over to C and, um, when we got there to our gate, there were a lot of people there because there was a flight leaving before our flight left. And, um, when we got there, there was a lady that was laying on a stretcher and there was, uh, first responders there. Uh, there was a couple of, uh, look like Chicago PD, uh, members there and, and probably like three or four uh, EMTs or whatever. Uh, the lady was laying on a stretcher and they had her on oxygen. And, you know, we didn't ask any questions. We didn't even know that COVID was going to be coming that soon. So we just uh, thought maybe, you know, maybe she had a cardiac event or something and they're taking her to the hospital. So anyway, um, so we get on the flight and land in Eugene. And we hear on the radio that the, one of the first confirmed cases was at Chicago O'Hare Airport. And it was that day. And we're like, okay, that's that's kind of interesting. Well, anyway, we when we were at the gate, we we sat down like we usually do when we're waiting for an airplane. And I don't know, maybe that woman had sat in one of the seats or something. Well, anyway, uh, got home and felt fine for the first couple of weeks. And probably into the middle of the third week, all of a sudden, man, I came down with something like I've never had before. Um, I had a, a slight fever, uh, I think for maybe a half a day. Uh, and it probably, I think it was up to like 102, but, um, I took, uh, some Tylenol or I might've taken a leave. I don't remember. And the fever went away and, uh, it came back and I took some more and it went away and never came back again. Well, anyway, um, so you got to understand that I've got, and have for many years, I get bronchitis pretty easy and, um, and I won't go into how that started. I think that's another thing that we could talk about another time. But um, 
I don't want to drive away the audience because it's pretty bizarre. But anyway, um, so I've, I've had a lot of stuff done on my lungs. I've had pneumonia two or three times in my life, and I know what that's like. And and usually when I get um, when I get a, a a case of bronchitis, I can feel it down in my uh, my trachea, um, all the way down by the lungs, uh, uh, down by the um, the bronchial entrances. Anyway, um, and I'm usually able to cough it up. Well, it was that way with this too, but it was way down there, and I could feel it on my lungs. Even when I went to the doctor, he said he felt he heard a little rattling in my lungs, and well, I'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, um, the coughing was was horrendous. It was uh, my lungs really wanted to get that stuff out of it, and and there was one time or twice maybe when I coughed and it it almost felt like a part of my lung separated from whatever was holding it in its in the pleural sac. Um, it was bizarre. I've never had anything like that happen before, and I was really careful. I went, oh my god, you know, I, I better be careful coughing because and and then I was worried if I'm careful coughing, I might not cough enough, and I could lead, it could lead to pneumonia. Well, anyway. Um, I went to the doctor a few days later, and uh, when I told them that I thought I might have uh, been exposed to it, they sat me over in a corner where nobody else was, which is, you know, it's good practice. And um, the doctor came out, and they took me in a special door, and I went in there and sat in there. The doctor listened to my lungs, said I had a little rattling, had sent me for an x-ray, and the x-ray didn't show anything, which I was really glad about. Um and then he came in and he said, well, I talked with some of the other doctors in infection control, and they don't seem to think that you have all the criteria that, that needs to be met for us to call it COVID. So you just have a bad virus, and they sent me home. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people back then probably experienced the same thing if they had it. And um, if I did have it, I was, I was one of those very blessed ones that uh, uh, were, were able to get over it without too much trouble. And considering my age and uh some of the conditions I have, health conditions, it's uh, it's probably a miracle that I survived. Um, and I didn't have to be hospitalized. So uh, my wife and I had it, I do believe. And which makes me kind of happy because if it's still going around here. It's what is it, uh, May 6th. And uh, I think we just peaked here in Oregon the other day, according to what the news. But, you know, you can't trust the news. So you just kind of got to wing it. But. Um, one of the things I've noticed is I work in a, um, in a hospital. It's not a traditional hospital, but I work there and, and I, I gotta say that I'm really impressed with the way that they handle things, uh, getting things ready for, for this when they saw it coming, um, how they moved, uh, some units to other units and, and, and dedicated some units for people that might have COVID or think that they have it. Um, so that it, it can't be spread. And uh, they moved a, a lot of the older folks uh, that are in the hospital over to uh, a geriatric unit that we have uh, in the hospital. And um, so kudos to, to my workplace for doing a really good job. Um, I, I really don't want to save my workplace. I've gotten in trouble. Um, and after I broadcast what I'm going to broadcast today, I don't want anybody calling up my boss's boss's boss and complaining about me again. That's happened before. <laughs> Because I'm an anti-vaxxer and I, I spoke and uh, somebody turned me in, but uh, that, that'll that turned out well. Um, so anyway, you know, I, I finally got over it and it gave me a chance to have a week or two off of work. Um, I had uh, some time saved up in my my uh, 
my pool of money or hours, but not all of it. So, you know, it was kind of a lean month in January, actually February's first is when we got paid. So that was a lean month. Um, and some other things that occurred too during that time. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, um, so what about this COVID thing? You know, um, I have some valid concerns. I do think, uh, my main concern is that the liberals are all for a vaccine. And the liberals are against uh, using hydrochloroquine. Okay. Um, why is that? Why, if something works, and, and, and you read about it, and they'll talk, oh, well, you know, it's it doesn't really work that well. and uh, Or it has a lot of side effects and stuff like that. And we'll go into that in a little while. But, um, but I think it's because Trump advocated it. And anything that Trump does, if if Trump were to say the sky is blue, the Democrats would come out tomorrow and say, no, it's not. It's not blue. Um, and we all know what causes that, that it's light refracting through certain gases in the atmosphere. But um, still, you know, the, the sky appears blue to us, and, and it is. Um, but the Democrats, if Trump said something, they're going to pick the opposite. It's That's what hatred does to people. You know, hatred blinds people so much that they can't see the truth, no matter how true it is. If they hate, if they hate somebody for something, anything they say that comes out of their mouths is, um, is taboo, is, is frowned upon and, and, uh, and tried to, they try to make it look like it's insignificant. And that's exactly what's been happening. And, and that's why our government isn't operating effectively because, uh, because they're liberals and, and socialists and communists that are in the government. Okay, now I want to talk about somebody named uh, Judy Mikovits. You uh, might have heard about her, and if you didn't, let me let me give you a little um, little education. Okay, I'm going to read from something. Um, I watched a video that uh, she produced the other day, or that you know she was being interviewed. And uh, my goodness, um, if I could have a brain like this, um, it would be wonderful. Before we go to her, I want to I want to explore something. Um, there's something down in Georgia called the Georgia Guidestones, and what they are basically is the Ten Commandments for the New Age. Okay, um, have it, you know Christians have their Ten Commandments, the Jews have the same Ten Commandments, and we try to abide by them. Um, but the, the New Age has uh, their own Ten Commandments, and it's written in I think six or seven different languages uh, down in Georgia. Um, let's see, northeastern Georgia, yeah. And um, I went there one time. I did a little uh, video of it. I've got it on on YouTube, on my old YouTube site. I got to move it to the uh, the new one. But um, in either case, uh, so I went there to satisfy my curiosity. It was an interesting trip. We uh, I went there. Um, I went to visit my mother down in Florida. I had a friend that lived up in Georgia, and decided to go visit them and uh, and their family. And they were really nice. They set me up across the street with a lady that. You know, was a single older Christian lady, and she needed a, you know, I, I kind of took care of her, and she took care of me. You know, I, she needed groceries, I went out, got them, and stuff, and and it was really neat. But um, anyway, so well, uh, one of my last days there, we decided to go to the Georgia Guidestones, and uh, I think it's Elberton. The name of the town is Elberton. Well, the Guidestones are about 10 or 12 miles north of there, but. Um, Elberton was a really weird place. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you live there and you're listening to this, don't take offense, okay? But to somebody from, uh, from the West Coast, when you go down south, things are, are different. They're, uh, 
<clears throat> not what we would call normal, just like uh, if they came here, they would think that uh, people in Oregon are very uh, abnormal, and they might have some points there. Um, but anyway, uh, so we walked around the Guidestones. We even interviewed uh, two or three couples, too, to find out what they thought. And uh, it was interesting because we, we got all flavors. We got people that, that believe that, yeah, these are the commandments for today, and other people that were... Um, questioning it, and other people that, that thought that, yeah, this is a new age ruse, uh, and you'll see why when I read them. Okay, so the first commandment, and the most important one to what we're talking about tonight, is maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. You see a problem there? If you have 7.5 billion people on Earth, and you're going to get rid of all but 500 million of them, you're going to somehow get rid of 7 billion people. That... Uh, Coming from a, um, a group of people who suffered under the Holocaust, that's kind of scary because it means that they're somehow going to get rid of 7 billion people. Um, okay, next one. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. And when we look at Bill Gates later on, you're going to see where that figures in. Bill Gates is a bad guy, man. He really is. Don't think that he is for people at all. He's he's for the elites and the new age, and that's all. Um Number three, unite humanity with a new living language. Well, that, good luck with that. Um, number four, rule passion, faith, and tradition, and all things with a temperate reason. Tempered reason. Uh, ruling passion, ruling faith. Huh, that's interesting. <clears throat> you, there's going to be a bunch of thou shalt nots when it comes to that. You know, like thou shalt not congregate in a church. Thou shalt not, ooh, thou shalt not congregate in a church. Thou shalt not congregate with more than 10 people. Mm, interesting. Um, number five, protect people in all nations with fair laws and just courts. Yeah. Yeah. If the UN is any example of that, good luck with that. Um, number six, let all nations rule internally, exolving, resolving external disputes in a world court. Yeah. We've seen how that goes too, especially when a world court has judges that come from the Islamic nations and, and every, uh, communistic nation in the world. Uh, number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Okay. Well, looking at Congress, I could see the useless official things and the petty laws. So don't get me started. Um, number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. In other words, you have the right to, to live as long as you go out and work, leave the gulag and go out and work every day. Um, and uh, you have the right to stand in line for bread. You have the line to, you have the right to, uh, be denied social or to be denied medicine if you're over 72 years old, which is another story we probably won't get into tonight. But anyway, number eight, balance. That's what I just did that. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, and love, seeking harmony with the infinite. That's interesting. Why can't they just say God? Or they say, well, I, I gotta remember, shame on me. I gotta remember this is the new age that's talking here, so the infinite is basically the universe. So seeking harmony with the universe. Okay. Number 10, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature, leave room for nature. Well, I guess if you get rid of 7 billion people, you're gonna be doing that, right? Um, and if you look at the 10, uh, actually if you look at the, the creation event and you look at this, you see how it, it's totally opposite of what God intended. You know, God was be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. <laughs> well, they're multi maintain humanity under 500 million. That's a complete opposite of what God wanted. Okay. Um, <clears throat> OK, 
God created man to rule over the earth, not for nature to rule over the earth. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I've gone too long on that. Okay, so while we're on this subject, let's let's take a look at Bill Gates. Okay, we can do Judy Mikovits in a little while. <clears throat> Bill Gates on population control. Okay. All right. I'm going to read from this article. And this article can be found on Culture Shift. CultureShiftForLife.com, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff after it. But uh, the name of the article is Bill and Melinda Gates, Population Control. Okay. It says, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates are the world's prime movers behind human abortion, contributing millions of dollars to International Planned Parenthood Federation, Marie Stopes International, and the United Nations Population Fund. Bill made this video, or the video above in this on this page, to demonstrate the better... Healthcare reduces the number of human beings who live on our shared planet. What Bill refuses to mention in this video is that he considered killing children living in the womb to be a form of healthcare. He is incapable of understanding that healthcare preserves human life while the abortion destroys it. Abortion is not healthcare. Bill's father, William Gates Sr., served on the National Board of Planned Parenthood and is the co-chair of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, where he maintains where he remains committed to the destruction of prenatal human beings. Bill reflects on his father's influence in an interview with Bill Moyers in 2003. <clears throat> it says, when I was growing up, my parents were always involved in various volunteer things. My dad was head of Planned Parenthood, and it was a very it was very controversial to be involved with that. And so it's fascinating. At the dinner table, my parents were very good at sharing the things that they were doing, almost like treating us like adults, talking about that. There's a measurable impact when you can go in and educate families, but primarily women, about their different choices. There's a real impact that you can have in this area, anything to do with reproductive health care. And then it says, pay attention to what Bill says about video uh, in the video about the population growth. And here's a quote. Linda and I were wondering whether providing new medicines and keeping children alive, uh, would that create more of a population problem? What we found out is that as, a health, as health improves, families choose to have less children, and this effect is very dramatic. We find that in every country of the world, this is repeated, that population growth does, does go down as we improve health. You can see that in the 60s, um, <clears throat> the rate of population growth reached a pretty high number of over 2% per year, and it's now come way down. Now, 11 billion people is still a lot, but the good news is the faster we improve health, the faster family size goes down, and so we can feel great about saving those lives. And now, as you consider his comments, remember that he, he conflates health care with abortion, making his last statement about saving the lives of children especially confusing. Of course, this contradiction doesn't exist in Bill's mind, as he has completely dehumanized prenatal children to the point where he's willing to kill them in great numbers. Okay, the legal killing of prenatal children through abortion began to roll out in many countries like China and the United States in the late 1960s and early 1970s. This mass killing, measured in tens of millions per year, corresponds exactly to Bill Bill's a very, very dramatic drop in the number of children families choose to have. In other words, parents began killing their children instead of birthing them. It's estimated that over 59 million babies will be destroyed in the womb this year alone. Babies were 
babies like we once were. When we only focus on ourselves and not our safety and protection of children, we begin to fall into a comfort zone built around a desire to avoid the sacrificing the sacrifice of parenting. Because of abortion, birth rates are low, are now so low in some countries that they are in danger of collapsing into an unrecoverable economic decline that will lead to enormous human suffering. This reality, this reality is already manifesting itself in Russia, where they have now restricted advertising for abortion or are considering other means to change their abortion culture, including outlawing it as a barbaric practice. Sometimes you wonder if the Russians got it right. We don't. Uh, when humans attempt to shape nature by killing other humans, the second and third order effects are devastating, especially when those humans are our precious young. Join the fight to restore our lost humanity. Okay. So anyway, we know how Bill feels about it. Uh, Bill Gates is also very high into or heavy into um, giving vaccinations. He wants to vaccinate the whole world. Well, we'll read more about that in a little while. Um, so uh, let's see. Let's get into... Vaccine impact. Uh, I talked earlier about a woman named, uh, she's a PhD, a researcher. Her name is Judy Mikovits. Uh, an expert on viruses explains the coronavirus and reveals information not likely to hear in corporate media. Okay. And this isn't too long, it doesn't look like. Yeah, okay, so I'll endeavor to read it, so it won't take up too much time. <clears throat> Plus, I'm getting kind of a raw throat, which is weird. Um, and this is found on vaccineimpact.com. Um, and the name of the article is PhD researcher Judy Mikovits, and the ex and expert on viruses explains the coronavirus and reveals information you're likely to know or to have. Okay. TV Santa Barbara has published a recent interview with host uh, Bob Lovgren, interviewing Judy Mikovitz, explaining what the coronavirus is, how it got here, how it can be treated, and other important information are not likely to hear in the corporate-sponsored mainstream media. We have featured Dr. Mikovitz here at Health Impact News many times over the past few years. Here are some past articles, and those articles are named Vaccines and Retroviruses, A Whistleblower Reveals What the Government is Hiding. Another article is, as government denies existence of retroviruses, Big Pharma prepares to make huge profits from this treatment. Should probably, I don't think I can do it on here, the way things are set up, but talk about um, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower and how he warned us to watch out for, he warned us to watch out for um, the uh, the government uh, military complex, but I think that uh, the um, pharmaceutical uh, world has become um, a mil militarized and so to speak and and um, because of that uh, we're suffering the consequences okay she's the author of a book the book plague that's the title of it subtitle is one scientist's intrepid search for the truth about human retroviruses and chronic fatigue syndrome autism and other diseases and it's co-written by uh, Kent Heckin Lively. That's what I think it says. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's a heck of a name to try to say. Heckin Lively. 
Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. McEvitz a few years ago, just after a four-year gag order on her had been lifted. She said it was five, but anyway, <clears throat> Dr. Mikovitz's uh, bio is quite impressive, and a woman and and would rival any of the talking head experts currently being featured on corporate-sponsored media. Judy A. Mikovitz, Ph.D., earned her B.A. from University of Virginia and Ph.D. in biochemistry and molecular biology from George Washington University. Those are pretty good places. You know, she's a pretty smart lady. If you listen to her talk, in just over 20 years, she rose from an entry-level lab technician to become director of a, a lab of antiviral drug mechanisms at the National Cancer Institute before leaving to direct the cancer bio, biology program at Epigenex Pharmaceuticals in Santa Barbara, California. There, in 2006, she became attracted to the plight of patients with chronic fatigue syndrome and autism. In only five years, she developed the first Neuroimmune Institute for a concept uh, to a, a reality and primary responsibility to demonstrating the relationship between immune-based inflammation and these diseases. She, sh- she has published over 50 scientific papers. This lady is no lightweight. She knows what she's talking about. That's, I just added that in. Uh, Dr. Mikovitz spoke the truth about the fraudulent use of government research money, the marketing of inaccurate retrovirus tests, uh, Medicare fraud, the contamination of the t- contaminated blood supply, and the harm that is associated with vaccines and their schedule of administration. Her research showed how retroviruses are linked to the plague of modern illnesses that are bankrupting the U.S. healthcare system. She was arrested without a warrant and held in jail for five days without the opportunity for bail. As a fugitive from justice, her career was destroyed. Her story is documented in the book, Plague, and I read that earlier. Um, please watch this presentation on coronavirus. If you had a video, if this video becomes too popular, it will most likely disappear from the Internet. Well, it's still down there. Um, and there's a link to it on there. Okay. All right, let's move down here a little bit because it goes on. Uh, leaving a lucrative career as a neuro, or excuse me. Oh, never mind. This is another person here. So anyway, Judy Mikovitz, uh, I watched um, a video with her, and she, man, she was talking about everything, how they, how they're putting fetal cells in it. Um, and, and animal cells and the vaccines and how that's causing a lot of problems, how that's bringing about a lot of these diseases are making you susceptible to catching them when they come around. So um, I pray for this lady. I really do. And Yeshua's name, I pray for her that, um, you know, that she lives a good long life and is able to really bring down this uh, pharmaceutical nightmare that we have in this country. They are, they're, they're really biological um, terrorists when you think about it. <laughs> Um, okay, so pardon me while I get rid of some of these tags up here, because if you're like me, you get confused when there's too many of them. Okay, so anyway, Dr. Judy Mikovits is coming out against a lot of things that are being done. I'm a little leery about um, the corona, uh, COVID-19 because the liberals want it really, want vaccines really badly. And when liberals want something, you really got to be careful <laughs> Um, you know, if Chuck Schumer were to tell me to take a left at the end of the corner, I'd take a right because, you know, I, I just don't trust them. Sorry. They're not out for our, our own good. They're not out for the good of America. They're out to make a lot of money and, uh, 
what they don't realize is that if America ceases to be their money, it ceases to be too. So anyway, um, now in, uh, 2017, uh, in an interview, Fauci, um, who is, uh, has been very vocal in this. He's a, as a doctor, as a matter of fact, he's the one that uh, had Judy Mikovits arrested. Um, and she goes into that in her video. Um, but, um, so he wants a vaccine and he, when, when Bush, Bush, oh God, Lord forgive me. When, uh, Trump brought up about the, um, the other drugs that, uh, that work really good, the azithromycin and hydrochloroquine, uh, Fauci was one of the first people to criticize him for saying that. Again, makes you think that it works. Um, anyway, in 2017, in an interview, he said that in, now get this. He says in 2020 there will be a, a, a great pandemic that will that will uh, go across the face of the earth. So now it's a. I'm just saying. I, I don't think it's the exact words, but um, but that's what he said. So um, take that with a grain of salt because he said it back in 2017. It's almost like it was planned for 2020. And don't forget that. Uh, Trump was president in 2017, so if he's working with the elites, that's what they had planned the whole time. Um, another thing that has me um, kind of questioning things is that uh, up until last week, they told they were telling us that 67,000 people had been killed by um, by coronavirus, by COVID-19. Uh, they had to revise their their number and reduce it about 30,000 people. Because their numbers were wrong. What they were, what they've been doing is, um, <clears throat> some mortuaries, um, have been, uh, have been posting that many of the deaths are, are COVID-19 where they're not. Um, doctors have been actually told under threat of, um, being fired that, uh, they have to consider something to be COVID-19. And it's my understanding that if a hospital has a COVID-19 case, they get extra money. Um, and if the person goes on a ventilator intensive care, they even get even more money from the federal government. So it's to their advantage to, uh, to label everything as a COVID-19 death. And, uh, they can't say that they were wrong because that's fraud. Um, they will never admit it. Um, but it's just a money-making scheme. Um, so the mortality rates were cut in half, more than half, actually. Now, there's a couple of doctors down in, um, uh, oh, say, I think it's Kern County, California, down by Bakersfield, that uh, got online, and they received a lot of flack from this because they're not toting the party line. But um, uh, Dan Erickson and Artin Musiki, I think is how you pronounce his last name, um, they went online and they made a lot of sense. You know, I work in the medical field myself and, and one of the main concerns that we have in the medical field is that we wash our hands all the time. And that's a good thing, you know, cause I don't want to spread anything from me or pass anything along. But when you wash your hands all the time, you're washing good bacteria away along with the bad bacteria. Um, and the same thing with uh, taking other precautions, you know, you're killing the good bacteria along with the bad. It's been a problem with antibiotics for years, you know, to where now the the uh, bad bacteria are starting to develop an immunity towards the uh, towards the antibiotics, and it still kills the good bacteria. And so they there's a new 
well, not new, but it's been out for a while, a condition called C. diff, which is a bacterial infection of the intestines, um, which is... Um, which cannot be fought except with some very powerful antibiotics, and um, that's a problem. So the two drugs that uh, Trump was promoting and and the, the press just dove on them like uh, like a, like vultures on dead meat, you know, uh, hydrochloroquine, which has been an anti-malarial drug for years, and azithromycin, which is an antibiotic. Um, it's one of the zithromycins. It's just more powerful and has a different atomic structure than zithromycin, but, um, uh, excuse me, as, uh, erythromycin. Um, and, uh, they seem to be working quite effectively, but the uh, liberals have been saying, well, you know, it's, that might be fine, but we haven't had any tests that this is where, well, damn it. You know, if it's, if it's curing people, isn't that a good test? <clears throat> you know, um, if, if people are getting better after being administered this, and it's a drug that's been around for years, isn't it a good thing? But because the pharmaceutical companies haven't had a chance to or have, or have decided not to uh, do some blind studies in their in their um, laboratories, they're, they're coming out against it. Well, you know, if, if God forbid I ever catch this thing, I want the I want that cocktail. Now. They're saying that there's a lot of side effects, and the biggest one that they're they're talking about is something called a prolongation of the QT node. Your heart has um, an electrical system, and um, it's set up to beat so many times, you know, depending on your activity. Um, and there's an interval between, and I can't remember exactly, so forgive me, but um, between the atrium beating and the ventricle beating, and it's called the QT interval. And um, some drugs, one of them that I'm on already, prolong that. And I, I have to go in, like, I think once a year. It's once a year. Yeah, and I, I get uh, an EKG, and my uh, QT uh, interval has not lengthened at all, um, being on this medication. And I don't expect that it ever will. But um, <clears throat> so you're going, oh, wow, that's that's something, you know, that, that's dangerous. Well, I'm going to read you a, lift, a list of drugs. Okay, and if you've ever been on any of these, then, you know, you've had the danger of having a prolonged QT interval. All right, so get ready. <clears throat> I know you've been on some of these. If you've, ta- if you've ever taken drugs for um, infections or something like that. Okay, azulfacin, uh, amoxapine, apomorphine, um, aformatrol, I'm just going to read the brand names that they have. Um, Bravana, <laughs> Bitter Orange, Aralin, which is chloroquine. Certain anesthetics, if you've ever gone in for a certain, uh, or for, um, um, what do you call it, surgery, you may have been given a drug that would prolong your QT interval. Well, the surgery worked and you're fine, right? Certain antibiotics, including, okay, Zithromax, Cipro, CiproXR, Biaxin, Eritabs, which is erythromycin, Gemfloxacin, or Factive is another name for it, um, Leviquin, which is Levofloxacin, um, Mifloquin, which is Larium, Moxifloxacin, which is Avalox, Norfloxacin, which is Noroxin, Ofloxacin, which is Floxin, uh, Telithromycin, which is Ketek, and Trolandomycin, which is Tau. Um, 
so those are now some of these are, are quite common. Ciprom, uh, azithromycin or Zithromax, Cipro is, uh, Cipro is often given as a broad based, uh, antibiotic. In other words, what they do is when you go in with an infection, you know how they swab your throat? Well, they don't know what bacteria that is, so they don't know what will fight it, but they know that Cipro is a broad base, and it'll at least get it under control until they can figure out what you have. And if it doesn't go away by then, then they give you the drug that's good at fighting it. Okay. So if you've ever re- received Cipro, oh, anyway, what they do is they, they take that swab, and then they put it in a, in a Petri dish, and uh, and uh, they'll they'll put little samples of um, different drugs uh sometimes four in a Petri dish, and uh, <clears throat> whatever drug uh, seems to to kill the um, the infection, that's the one that's needed for your your uh, ear infection. So um, anyway, but they'll, they'll always start you out with, uh, I actually always start you out with amoxicillin or something, but if they think it's serious enough, they'll start you out with ciprofloxacin or, or Leviquin or something like that, and those are two bad players anyway for other reasons, but okay. Other drugs that prolong the QT interval, uh, antiarrhythmic, uh, medications, amiodarone. Uh, again, I'll just do the brand names, cordone, norpace, ticosin, uh, multac, tambocor, corvette, procanbid, uh, rhythmol, quinidine, sotalol, betapase. Um, Okay, so if you have a, any kind of heart um, murmur or anything like that, you might be on one of those. And that could prolong your QT interval. I mean, this list is gigantic. Um, certain anti-cancer medications. Uh, I hate these because they're, some of them have the weirdest names. Zolinza, Capresla, Sutent, Votriant, Tassinja, Tykerb. Um, Halivin, Sprycel, it starts with an X, so I'm going to say Z, Zalcori. Okay, certain nausea and vomiting medications. Boy, if you've ever had a bad case of vomiting and the doctor gave you these, he's taking a chance that your QT interval is going to get prolonged. Um, Anzimet, Anapsine, Kytril, or San, uh, Sancuso, um, Zofran, or Zuplex. Aloxy, Compazine is given a lot of people, as is um, <coughs> Zofran. Um, Zofran is given a lot of times before you go to surgery, so you don't throw up afterwards. Okay, certain phenothiazine or antipsychotic medications, uh, Thorazine, Clozaril, Prolixin, Haldol, Phanept, Zyprexa, Invega, Trilophon, Orap, Compazine. Uh, Seroquel, Risperdal, Stelazine, Melaril, Geodine. My goodness. <laughs> Give those out on a daily basis. Um, others. Um, Selexa, Cordislim, Fle- oh, Flexoril is a um, muscle relaxer. Ephedra, Fomatrol, um, Ar- oh, Arcapta, Tykerb, Lipo-6, Lipovarin, Lipoavinar, or retro or ritonavir it sounds like an antiviral um, luteomil dolophine discets methadose sandosatin oh there's a statin right there seroquel seroquel xr nupent pentam 
fentramine, um, renexa, inverase, uh, vesicare, prograph, uh, xenazine, detrol, detrol LA, deserel, it's a very common drug, tricyclic antidepressants, including amitriptyline, or excuse me, elevil, ascendin, anaphronil, norpramin, uh, sinequan, silinor, uh, tofranil, tofranil PM, luteomil, pamelor, vivactyl, sermontyl, uh, and there's another drug, uh, levitra, or sten. See, these are common drugs, folks. They all can prolong your QT. And a lot of these drugs are not just given during the time of um, infection, but these, a lot of these drugs are given on a daily basis, sometimes for the whole lifetime, you know. So to me, that, that um, concern with, uh, with hydrochloroquine is, is moot. And um, so, I, you know, <laughs> just based on that alone and knowing drugs the way I do, or medications, I should say, um, I, I know that this is all bupkis when it comes to what the federal government is saying, especially Mr. Fauci and and his friends at the um, Center for Disease Control and uh, also the pharmaceutical industry. Um, you probably know that there are, there are many natural cures out there that work just as good as, uh, as medications do, and uh, they're all <clears throat> blackballed because uh, – because the pharmaceutical companies won't make their their money <laughs> um, if if you if you go the natural way and uh, anyway so QT prolongation is bupkis it's out it's out the window out the door okay now you got to understand that plaquenil or, or even just chloroquine uh, has been taken for many years as a prophylaxis or a preventative uh, to prevent malaria for people that are traveling overseas or malaria is uh, pretty, uh, a pretty popular <laughs> uh, disease. Um, again, they have a number, number of side effects. Um, there, there are norm, <clears throat> there are more mild side effects such as nausea, headache, loss of appetite, and diarrhea. Uh, there are two more potential side effects. Uh, one thing is the long-term use of drugs can damage the retina or lead to macular degeneration. Now look at that word long-term use. Okay, you're going to take hydrochloroquine. It's going to be for a week, and it's over with. Um, so because of that, patients that take these uh, drugs uh, on long-term need regular ophthalmo- ophthalmological examinations. The other drug in the combination is ethromycin. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Let me finish with this one. Uh, they can also affect the heart by prolonging the QT interval and also lead to drug-induced uh, Tursa, the, the point is, I can never say that. <laughs> T-O-R-S-A-D-E-D-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-S. A potentially lethal ventricular te- uh, tachycardia. <clears throat> I've been giving out drugs that prolong QT intervals my whole life because I used to work in pharmacy. I've never seen any ill effects like this. Okay, the other drug in the combination is zithromycin, trade name Zithromax, Zithromycin, and others. is a common antibiotic used to treat a number of infections, ranging from ear infection to strep throat, pneumonia, and a number of sexually transmitted infections. Uh, maybe that's why the government doesn't want us to have them. Maybe they're saving them all up for their sexually transmitted infections. 
Uh, Creepy Joe, you hear that? <clears throat> um, including chlamydia and gonorrhea. Um, let's see, go down the line here. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, doctors are getting in trouble for giving hydrochloroquine. And if it's something that works and they're getting in trouble, then the system's broken <clears throat> and needs to be fixed right now. Um, I kind of feel for Trump because he knows what works, but every time that he brings it up, he's got a very powerful lobby lobbying against you. Another thing that bothers me is that Walmart can open up, but your little mom and pop store that sells the same food as Walmart cannot open up. That tells me that there's a big interest uh, for the um, the very large companies that uh, like Walmart and Costco and stuff that are involved in selling food. Um, they, their lobby is uh, allowing them to be able to open up and not the small mom and pop stores, which which is really stupid. Um, another concern: uh, Walmart can open, but church and, and they're considered um, essential, but churches are non-essential. What about uh, the little clinics that people were going into? Those are non-essential. Don't you think that going into one of those clinics would possibly ease up the uh, demand that's put upon ERs? You know, maybe they could rule out that uh, person, to, uh, rule that a person does not have uh, COVID-19 and just send them home with a little prescription. Or maybe they could just send them home with hydrochloroquine and azithromycin. But no, can't do that. Um, I've seen videos online. Uh, one woman, uh, she took her kids to the park. The police came and arrested her um, and put her in a jail. And it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that they um, that there's mayors. There's um, I can't remember where she's the mayor of, but they had her. There's a YouTube thing going around where she's saying, if you are out, we are going to arrest you and throw you in jail. And I'm like, OK, that's real interesting. So you're going to arrest a person that's basically innocent and throw them in jail, but you're going to release murderers so they don't, they don't stay in jail and get COVID. Where's the sense in that? There is no sense in it. Um, the left says that Trump is using, okay, there's, there's two different trains of thought here um, as to why um, this whole COVID thing is, is so popular. Uh, Cause when you consider more people die of the flu every year than they do of COVID and uh, uh they're not told to stay home from work. Uh, well, we are, but, you know, things don't shut down, I should say. When the flu's going around, people uh, tend to keep working and they tend to, you know, keep driving around and stuff like that. And So if the flu is so much worse, and, and even worse things happen to people, too, than this COVID, and yet, um, anyway. And another thing that bothers me is that the WHO is involved in this, the World Health Organization. I'm glad that Trump kind of blackballed them and stopped funding them because they, they're purveyors of lies and deceit. Um, the CDC is too, but I think we're stuck with them. Um, another thing is that uh, I've heard from reliable sources that one of the problems is the ventilators because our bodies are meant to to take in air that's around us and that like I said with the washing of the hands a lot of that air has bacteria in it and uh, it's more important to, to get the good bacteria in there and that might help to fight this thing than it is to um, exclude us or exclude a person from um, from getting the good bacteria um, which isn't good and you know so they're they're in this basically a fishbowl of a room 
where they're not getting any bacteria, any any good bacteria in them, and then they get out. And how susceptible are they going to be to reinfection or infection with another from another agent? You know, once they get out. Um, back in the, I grew up back in the. I was <clears throat> born in the late fifties and grew up in the sixties. And uh, back then we didn't have all these immunizations, so we didn't. I think we had what uh, we had just gotten polio. Uh, vaccine and uh, smallpox. Well, I remember being in school and all the kids were walking around with a little patch on their arm as the smallpox thing um, finished up what it was doing. Uh, and we've all got a scar on our arms because of it. And uh, But, you know, we, we ran the whole gamut. You know, they didn't have vaccinations for, for the mumps, uh, measles, um, uh, chicken pox and stuff like that. So, you know, you got it. And you got over it. And, and you know, the vaxxers are always say, oh, well, you know, but, you know, there's it's not good for babies in the mother's womb or it's not good for the mother. Well, you know, I'm sorry. But when <laughs> when I was a kid, um, there was a family that lived across the street and they were they were Catholics. And, um, you know, back then, Catholics had a lot of kids, you know, and, uh, you know, I remember one time, you know, the woman was perpetually pregnant. The mother was. Um, it was Marie, I think. And, um, nice lady. The father and mother were, were excellent people and the kids were great too. But, um, so, you know, when something went around, one kid had it and then another and then another. And, you know, this woman being perpetually pregnant, if it was going to hurt anybody, it would have been her or her, the baby she was carrying. All of them came out just fine. Uh, no problems whatsoever. And, you know, back then, in the 60s, it seemed like when my mother was young, it seemed like all of her friends were pregnant and everybody in the neighborhood was pregnant, except for the old people, of course. And um, there was never any report of uh, babies born with uh, mutations or missing limbs or or anything else. Or um, A lot of that crap started when they started immunizing people. Sorry to say it, but it is. You can argue all you want. I'm not going to listen. Um, so anyway... Um, <clears throat> it takes care of the drugs there. <clears throat> now, now you got people that think that uh, that certain population groups should be guinea pigs for testing um, this, and this really ticks me off. Um, the French doctors who wanted to test vaccines on Africans in Western medicine's dark history. So, for some reason, and I can't figure, except that it's racism. That's the only thing I can think of. For some reason, people think that that black people should be used as guinea pigs, <clears throat> almost like they're lab animals, you know. And every time something like this happens, you know, it's um, they want they want to test it in Africa, you know. And uh, <clears throat> well, these two guys, uh, or this one guy, no, they're two doctors. Um, in France, uh, said that they wanted to test out COVID vaccines on, on Africans. And it drew a lot of flack from it to the point where they apologized. Well, you know, they probably apologized because they were going to lose their funding or they could if they kept it up. But, um, not that they were really sorry for what they said. But damn it, it's got to stop. You know, this, this racism has got to stop and that treating people like they're, well, even evolution treats black people like they're, they're um, antiquated, like they're, uh, well, if you ever see the um, <clears throat> the exhibits that they put up in, in um, 
museums. I don't even know if they do that anymore. I haven't been to a museum in decades. But um, they used to, you know, put like the um, uh, Australopithecus or or one of the ancient <clears throat> supposed, they put quotation marks around that, supposed uh, ancestors of modern humans. I don't believe in evolution, so that's a bunch of crap. But um, uh, they always make them black. Have you ever noticed that? And... Right, and then all of a sudden, when when Homo erectus arrives on the scene, maybe even um, Neanderthal, but Neanderthal, Homo erectus, and then finally Homo sapiens, all of a sudden everybody's white, <laughs> you know, and it just shows the the blatant disregard that science has for for the black race, you know, and it's got to stop. It's, this stuff's getting old. It's got to stop. It's got to go away, you know. So anyway, that just goes to show you the mind of some scientists and doctors, you know. <clears throat> Let's use certain people as guinea pigs. Um, okay, I don't need that. Um, let's see. There's a whole thing here about Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Some guy's calling him Dr. Um, Fauzi, uh, F-A-U, which means false. F-A-U-Z-I, or X-I, excuse me. Um it says uh, Fozzie was unprepared for the pandemic by design, which is sort of true, maybe, um, because he did say in 2017 it would happen. Fozzie opposed the travel ban from China. Does that suggest an agenda? Um, Fozzie uh, is the front man for Big Pharma, hoping for expensive and profitable new treatments with long lead times rather than inex inexpensive proven cures like hydrochloroquine, which have been around for decades and are now ready right now. Uh, Fauci uh, agenda is mandated vaccines to, uh, to benefit big pharma. Fauci promotes fear and exaggerated models and high death rates. <clears throat> Fauci exaggerates the need for hospital ships. Um, and there's a whole story behind that. We will get into that in a minute. Fauci has long-time relationship with corrupt communists, uh, communist WHO director, um, who covers up for the CCP. Uh, Fauci plotted global vaccine action plan with depopulation advocate Bill Gates, pushing COVID panic and doubts about hydrochloroquine, uh, microchips, and big pharma money. Uh, here's the reality. The astronomical economic damage cause is not com commensurate uh, with the danger posed by the virus. The corona mortality rate will not even show up as a peak in annual national or worldwide mortalities. In other words, there's the people die of other things much more often than this. Um, let's see. Uh, here's another person that says he's delayed, uh, dragging his feet and downplaying emergent treatment every step of the way. He does not belong in a government leadership position as he's clearly not leading, but is in fact hampering solutions. He expedited a 2009 solution, but now, but not now. Fire him. He's supporting the leftist deep state general strike. So there are people out there that are seeing this, you know, they're, and you know, I was, I was wondering, earlier today, you know, why does Trump keep him around? Why does Trump, you'll notice that there was one interview where 
uh, they were ending it up and Trump says, well, he's got to go now. He's got to return to the State Department or as many of us call it, the deep State Department. And Fauci covered his face the rest of the interview uh, or the rest of the time before his departure. Um, <clears throat> and you could tell that he knew what he was talking about, too. Um, so but uh, one reason why Trump would keep him close is uh, the old adage, um, you keep your fl- friends close but you keep your enemies closer, you know. Um, Trump has his eye on this guy 24-7 and can pull the plug at any time. And it's quite possible that when uh, all the all this comes down with the um, seal of the nightmares and stuff, that Fauci will be maybe the camp doctor down at, uh, at Guantanamo Bay treating the other people that are inmates there uh, because he'll be one too. Um so this Fauci's a bad character. He's he's in league with the deep state big time, and and with the WHO, World Health Organization, and that is, and um, and other bad characters. So uh, the only reason I can think that Trump's keeping him around is to keep an eye on him. So Trump's not an idiot, and I think he knows what's going on. So anyway. Um, <clears throat> I do know that uh, several doctors have been jailed for speaking their mind. Um, even people that are saying that they don't have enough equipment are, are being fired from hospitals. And so it's, I don't know, it's its really bizarre. It's really hard to figure out. But I, I would recommend that you guys get on YouTube and you look well, while it's still there. Dr. G. Uh, Mikovits, um this one says PhD fired, jailed, and broke before proof of vaccine injuries. But she's a real strong advocate for anti-vaxxers, which is good because uh, she proves that the crap that we're, they're asking us to, or maybe soon will be demanding that we put into our bodies <clears throat> is really being put in there to kill us. So yeah, you can laugh about it all you want. You can call me an anti-vaxxer. You can call me whatever you want to. But I'll tell you what, when... Uh, when you're coming down with something because of something that they put in your bodies, whether it's fetal tissue or, or some animal DNA or whatever, um, then we'll see who laughs last. He who laughs last laughs the loudest. Unfortunately, it's, I can't laugh at it when it happens to you because I do have compassion and I know that, um, you were lied to and you believe the lie. So anyway, well, let me see where I am on time here because oh, I've been on for almost an hour. That's good. That's a good way to round it up. But anyway, folks, I I know that COVID-19 is real. I know it's a real thing. I know it's going around. I don't think it's at the rates where people say it is, you know, the government. I think that a lot of people have had it, gotten over it because they've had good immune systems or they've gotten a variant of it that has mutated into a less virulent form. Um, but I think that we're treating it with, you know, um, we're treating it too dangerously, um, or like it's too much of a danger. Like I said, every year more people die from the flu than, than have died so far with this thing in the United States. And with the revised numbers, it's even less, uh, from, from COVID-19, but, um, you know, so people are dying more of the flu, and the flu always attacks the young, and it attacks the um, the old and the infirm, just like COVID-19 is doing. So, um, 
And my advice would be if you get it and you go into hospital, do not let them put you on a respirator. <laughs> Demand that they give you erythromycin with, is it, uh, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, back up on that. Demand that they give you hydrochloroquine with erythromycin. Um, you know, if you're in that serious of condition to where you're that close to death, uh, I think risking a prolonged QT interval and maybe get an arrhythmia from it, um, for a short term is a lot better than, you know, um, dying from it. So <clears throat> when they, when they're with the, um, the end result is, uh, outweighs the risks. I think that it's, uh, it's smart to do something like that. Um, and when they, when they come around in a year or so and demand that you take this, uh, don't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's not worth it. And, you know, who knows? I could lose my job because of it. I don't know. But um, if I can convince them that I've had it already, I think that that would be okay. But um, then if they want to test me, that'd be even better because then I'd know. But um, I don't take the flu shot every year. I take the flu shot, I get the flu. Sorry. People will tell me it's in my head. I'm sorry, but, you know, you can't – a fever – a cough, um, joint pain and everything, or it's hard to put that, get that from your head to the rest of your body. Um, and I'm sorry, but it's made me sick every time I've gotten it. Plus it's got mercury in it. Um, I don't want to put mercury in my body. The, the system puts enough of that in my body. Uh, you ought to look up on YouTube someday. Um, uh, just type in, uh, aluminum effect on, or no, Mercury interaction with uh, aluminum, where they they drill a small hole in the aluminum and then put mercury in it. You know, they put like a little, make a little cup for the mercury to sit in. And it just goes wild, man. It makes like this big, um, uh, this big thing grows out of it. It's, it's, It's odd looking. I can't even describe it. But if it acts that way and you're getting mercury in your body and we're, we've got a lot of aluminum in our body, boy, that's not going to be good. And, you know, that further explains Alzheimer's to me. And it um, it also explains um, maybe where Morgolins come from. Maybe they're, they're little strands that break off um, and work their way to the surface of the skin um, from an interaction between mercury and aluminum. So something to think about. And if you're a scientist, something to look into. Um, anyway, with that having been said, I'm going to go ahead and sign off of here and uh, and then go from there. But, um, hey, God bless you guys, and uh, we'll see you next Monday night on Opposing the Matrix, uh, all three of us. Um, so I, I really enjoy having you guys as an audience, and I'm glad that we have some really firm uh, uh, a firm foundation of uh, listeners. Uh, you guys mean everything to us, and uh, we we ex- don't ask for anything. We just hope that uh, some of the things that we bring out you would consider, and uh, you, if any of it's garbage, you should spit it out, of course. And uh, as always, check all the things that we say with Scripture. If it doesn't mess with, mess with excuse me, if it doesn't mesh with Scripture, then it's uh, it's garbage. So. Um, and let us know. Let us know if you think we're off. You know, you can come in on Monday nights to the chat room and let us know. We'll address it right there and then. Uh, you can write emails to Jim, Eric, or myself. 
and uh, we'll address those things. You know, we're not beyond being wrong. We have been wrong before, and we will be wrong again. But uh, for the most part, I think we're right, right spot on. We pray to be anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um, from uh, the uh, sticks here in Oregon at 11:30 at night, I say adios and uh, and farewell, and um, may you have a blessed time until we meet again next Monday. Good night.